This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. And now it's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan. the Buck Blue Show here on the fan 680 and 93.7. We are live from the Battery Atlanta hoping your Tuesday's off to a great start and if it is you probably weren't on 400 southbound today during the rush hour traffic. Folks an hour and 20 minutes to make a 25 minute ride. What? Four lanes of parking lot traffic where I actually got to know the people to my left and to the right as we sat there in a parking lot on Georgia 4. You made friends this morning, huh, Buck? That's great. Yeah, not the thing I was looking to do. I actually did some show prep on the way down today. Isn't that crazy? It's very efficient, Buck. Yeah, just sitting there. I'm going to need a break from this. Again, growing up in Valdosta, there was no such thing as traffic. And when is all this road work going to be complete? Seriously, when is it all going to be over? With? By, by 2042, I'm pretty sure. By 2042, I'm pretty sure this yeah, will be, be long gone by then. Road dog in the house. He's ready to go after spending the day in Athens yesterday. Road dogs, you get caught up in that traffic. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, you can't come uh, to work down 400 without sitting in the parking lot. Man, I'm telling you, you need to get in Kirby's helicopter. Get here quick. And I know the uh, locker room show was wondering, I heard him talking about the fireworks. And they were unaware that this is a Hindu holiday that we've got going on. A lot of folks from India living here in metro Atlanta. It's Diwali is what it is. You may have gone by some of these fireworks stores and seen folks in there in line trying to buy the fireworks. Well, this is what it's all about. Diwali. Light over darkness. Good over evil. Thank you, bud. Celebration of light. So that's what's going on with the fireworks. Seems the locker room show was totally unaware of that. Thank you for clearing that up for us. Yeah, glad to clear it up. All right, let's get to work. Bucks. Big. Take. It's starting to sink in. The unthinkable suddenly appears possible. As the college football regular season winds down and heads into the Thanksgiving rivalry finish, the Georgia Bulldogs are playing their best football. The offense is at full strength. And the team has hit its stride. And with a big finish, this three-peat thing seems doable. 90 years ago, 90, 
the Minnesota Golden Gophers pulled off the college football only three-peat. No one else has done it. Not Notre Dame in the 40s. Not Oklahoma or Nebraska in the 70s. Not USC or Miami. Not Alabama under Saban or Spurrier's Gators. Only Minnesota has done it. And now with two regular season games to play against Tennessee and Tech, this three-peat thing looks within reach. The only thing standing in their way appears to be a trip to Knoxville, a showdown against Alabama in the SEC title game, and wins over most likely Florida State, Michigan, or Ohio State in the playoffs. Get that done. And a three-peat is a done deal. Amazing. For 90 years, this was unrealistic for anybody to do it. And now Kirby Smart's Georgia Bulldogs are close to accomplishing the unthinkable. Big Take brought to you by Daco Systems Heating and Air. For your HVAC repair, contact locally on Daco Systems at dacosystems.com. Keeping Atlanta comfortable one home at a time. DT, if I'd have told you five, ten years ago that Georgia sometime soon was going to win the national championship three years in a row, you would have said, Baloo, you're crazy. Uh, it's pretty unbelievable at this point. Uh, we knew for the longest time it seemed like Georgia was kind of a, uh, a sleeping giant. We knew it with the recruiting base, um, the just all everything in place, the the program itself, that something like this was possible. I don't think we ever oh, envisioned. Come on. We hadn't won the national title in forty years, so we expect uh, we were waiting for that for that first natty for sure. Uh, yeah, three in a row, Buck. It, it's pretty much unbelievable. And we're getting closer. But yeah, I was about to say, not, not there yet, right? Getting closer. We're going to get a chance to SEC win road game against Tennessee this weekend. Tough matchup. Won't be easy. Then you get Tech. Then you take on Alabama in the SEC title game. And uh, through my research here early on, I'm a little ahead of the curve here, uh, researching and getting ready for this Georgia-Alabama matchup that is now officially a done deal. Uh, Georgia favored in most every matchup on the board in that in that game. And I know Alabama's playing well suddenly. They've got it figured out. Their quarterback's hot. They have stepped up their game big time. But Georgia playing their best football too. <clears throat> A three-peat. You know, Nick Saban said, I believe it was when Kirby Smart got the job, that Georgia, the Georgia football program, was a sleeping giant. Because, as you mentioned, of the recruiting base in Metro Atlanta, you don't have to go far, find a multitude of four- and five-star players that can come in and, and play big football for you. Kirby Smart came in with a huge recruiting budget, also a assistant coaching budget that I believe is one of the top in football. Saban knew this was possible. And here we go. I didn't really consider it much before the season started. It just uh, it seemed unthinkable that they could pull off a three-peat. Not now. 
I think it's possible, folks. So get ready for that. Hey, it's time for the NFL Top 5. The best in college football and the NFL. 5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 2, 1. There we go. It's time for Buck Baloo's Top 5. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. Yes, I uh, I wanted to mention this uh, as we get started with the uh, Power Five, the top five out of the NFL. 32 teams in the NFL. I got the Falcons 28th. Number 28 out of 32 teams. The only teams that are worse than our Falcons. The Bears, the Patriots, the Giants, and the Panthers. Who cares? Thanks, Coach. Now, up at the top of the list, we've got a new number one. The Eagles have dropped. And I was looking for a reason to drop the Eagles. Searching. Man, I was trying to come up with something. How do I get Philadelphia out of that top spot? And then it hit me. Philly took the week off last week. I'm going to penalize you for that, brother. You took the week off. The Lions are the new number one. Gone. The Detroit Lions. They've got the coach of the year in Dan Campbell. They can win high-scoring games. High-scoring shootouts, no problem. They can win low-scoring defensive games. They can win with offense or defense. I got Detroit number one this week. When you talk about things we didn't, didn't expect to be talking about five years ago. One of those no would be doubt, the man. T- Detroit Lions being number one in Buck Blue's top five. Yeah, the Eagles didn't play, so they get penalized. They dropped to two. Hey, the Chiefs took the week off, too. I'm going to penalize them. They dropped to three. 49ers are back in play. They knocked out the Jaguars in Jacksonville. Debo's back, and so are the 49ers. Back into the top five, checking in at number four. Ravens lost to the Browns. The Ravens still sitting there at number five. So the Buck Blue Show, NFL top five in week 11. I've got Detroit number one. Philadelphia falls to two. Chiefs three. 49ers back in there at four. The Ravens at five. On 680 The Fan, Atlanta's sports station. Yeah, Buck, when you were talking about the 49ers, you said it just as I said it. Debo is back, and I think we saw some impact that he has on that 49er uh, 49er offense for sure. And speaking of which, I think we've also seen the impact that Grady Jarrett had on the uh, Atlanta Falcons defense. Uh, Yeah, we miss Grady. There's no doubt about it. And Um, I love Yamada, too, wasn't in there. Yes, that hurts. Uh, Much thinner up front. And but even London, with those London guys, we're starting well. to struggle on defense. You're bringing in guys offensive coordinators have figured out what's, what Nielsen's doing over there schematically. Suddenly our defense is not as good. Giving up leads left and right. As the, uh, the Falcons now checking in at number 28 out of a 32-team league. And now they're going to fall back even further, Buck, because they're taking the week off. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. You rank these guys? There's no doubt. I mean, you take a week off, you get penalized. Gone, yeah. And I tell you what, I'm going to make a promise. The Falcons are so bad. They are going so bad. I'm going to promise you we won't mention the Falcons the rest of the show. 
<laughs> Deal. Well, speaking of rankings, Buck, how interested or concerned are you about the college football playoff rankings tonight? Is that concerned? Why no, would I, mean, I be concerned that's about what I'm saying, any man. Do, do you Do you pay any attention to that? Does that matter to you really at all? Well, yeah, I'm not some. I'm not Kirby Smart or some coach. I, I'm watching. So you're allowed to pay attention. Right? I'm seeing every second of it, man. And I'm watching tonight to see one thing. Are these idiots, these knuckleheads, are they going to move Georgia to number one? Because that's what that's where they deserve to be. The number one team, college football playoff committee. Are you going to wake up and smell the coffee? Yeah. Are you going to Are you going to move Georgia up to number one, taking out two top ten teams over the last two weeks? So I was going to say, I don't think any of us really had a problem. We understood why Georgia wasn't number one in the in the initial uh, ranking. Hadn't had a lot of competition. One of the weaker weaker strength of schedules in the entire country. Bless you, Adam. And then, so on top of that. Not weaker we, than Michigan. Exactly. So now we've seen Georgia perform against these upper-level team, making them look rather mediocre sometimes. Oh, the Missouri I'll tell you what I was worried time. about. Things were getting so heated. Uh, I noticed Road Dog. I was afraid that he was going to stomp in, make the trip up to wherever it is they're meeting, college football playoff committee, wherever they were meeting. Start raising hell. Break into the room, knock the door <laughs> down, and read them the riot act. Go get him, Road Dog. By Georgia being number two. Yeah, looking forward to having Dylan Fairchild on the show. You know, he was the former heavyweight state wrestling champ out of West Forsyth High School. Went undefeated that year, just a couple of years ago. Georgia swoops in, signs him to a football scholarship, had an injury with Mims at right tackle, so they slid slid trust from left guard out to right tackle, and they inserted Dylan Fairchild at left guard. And let me tell you, he's been balling, man. So is Micah Morris. Georgia running about eight deep on that offensive line. So uh, Dylan Fairchild will join me on the Bulldog Roundtable, talking Bulldog football. And I tell you what, we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about this Georgia-Tennessee game. And I'm going to break down the biggest key in this matchup going down in Knoxville. You got the Baloo Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves' 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. I, tell, I say it all the time. It doesn't matter who, where, when. doesn't matter anything about anybody's record. Only it matters is you're playing on the road in the SEC in a really tough environment, and the prep for that is kind of the challenge that our team has to embrace. You have to embrace. It's different. I mean, you go on the road in our league, and especially when you go to play a team um, as talented as Tennessee is. Kirby Smart getting the Bulldogs ready for that trip to Knoxville and a visit to Neyland Stadium. One of the shrines in college football here in the Deep South. It's the Buck Blue Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. 
Again, we're streaming at 680thefan.com. We've got cameras in the studio. If you click, you can actually watch the show. And I'll tell you, the benefits of the Fan Mobile app driven by Beaver Toyota of coming is amazing. I mean, you can listen anywhere, anytime. We've got Chad. He's probably listening in Hawaii right now. Crystal clear. And if you miss the show between 10 and 11, guess what? With that Fan Mobile app, you can tap the app and listen to the show anytime you get ready. It's a wonderful thing. Totally awesome. Sort of like Chuck and Chernoff being out and about every Thursday. And uh, Chuck and Chernoff, they're going to be at Buffalo Wild Wing and Marietta coming up on Thursday for the Atlanta Football Feast. Uh, the guys will broadcast live. Then the promo team's going to stick around till 8 o'clock after the boys leave. Take you right up to kickoff with great prize giveaways courtesy of More Than Sports. Tell you what, they're in a better place to be on Thursdays this football season than at a Buffalo Wild Wings sports bar. Want to invite you to get on by Buffalo Wild Wings in Marietta, Ernest Barrett Parkway for the ATL football feast. You know, it seems like I promote Matt and Chuck every, every day on the show. Do they ever promote my show? Yeah, I didn't think so. All right, back to Georgia and Tennessee. <laughs> back to Georgia and Tennessee in this visit to Knoxville. Winning on the road in the SEC is hard. Just ask Kirby. He'll tell you all about it. And having been down that road, I can, I can back him up on that one. It's not an easy thing to go on the road and play in some of these shrines that they have in the SEC where the stadiums are packed out hostile environment, and be able to go in there and get the job done. It's not easy. In fact, especially at Tennessee up in Knoxville under Hypel, the volunteers are 6-0 and at home this season. They've won 15 in a row at home. In fact, the last time they lost is when Georgia showed up November 13th of 2021. They're undefeated since. And the biggest key to taking down number one Georgia this Saturday for Tennessee is this. Listen closely. Here's what Tennessee needs to do. Run the daggum ball. That's what this Tennessee team does the best, by the way. As Josh Heupel has done a nice job of looking at his personnel compared to what he had last season, different group that he has this year. So he changed the offense. Instead of throwing it vertically down the field to these big play receivers, he said, we're going to spread these teams out horizontally and we're going to attack with the running game. And that's what they've done. Number two in the SEC, number eight in college football, averaging 5.6 yards per carry. Run it twice, you got a first down. Gaining over 200 yards a game on average, running the football. How do they do it? Well, as I mentioned, they spread out the defense horizontally. I mean, they got two receivers spread out to the left. And I'm talking about spread all the way to the sideline. And then they got three receivers spread out to the right. All the way to the sideline. I mean, that receiver can reach out and shake Kirby Smart's hand. They're spread out so far. 
And that is not when Kirby is on the field and has that guy that grabs him by the belt and backs him up. They spread you out horizontally, and they attack with the running game. Let's hear from Kirby talking about this volunteer run game. You can't stop it with light boxes. They make it where you can't. you got to be able to strike a man, get off a block, and you got to win a whole bunch of one-on-ones if you don't have enough people in there because they expose you quickly. Their backs are easily the best stable of backs we've seen this year, and that includes the quarterback with the backs. It's a really tough prep. They do a great job. The box count is what it is. They know what you got. They know what you don't got. So it boils down to who can strike a block and get off a block. Yeah, simple math. I mean, it's not trig or anything like that. It's just simple math. Okay, one, two, three, four, five, six, six in the box. Hmm. They're going to try to stop the run with six in the box. Run that football. Jalen Wright is having a big-time season. He is averaging 7.2 yards per carry. Chew on that for a second. In six of Tennessee's ten games, he's got 100-plus. Dylan Sampson's a ball. He's a baller, too. 5.7 yards per carry. And Jabari Small is not playing small. He's playing large. He's averaging five yards a carry. So you got three running backs, all averaging over five yards a carry. They're always fresh at running back. And they're uh, always running through these gaps in the defense. Now, look, this dog defense is tough versus the run. Number 18 in college football, number two in the SEC. They're only allowing 3.7 yards per carry and just a tad over 100 yards a game. Georgia on the defensive front, they are as deep as any team I've seen this season in college football. They got three seniors starting on that defensive line. They've been around the block. They're tough. Big. And do a good job standing up these offensive linemen. Georgia also has some very nice young puppies that they're grooming to take over next season. And they're rotating them into the game. And they do a good job against the run. And this C.J. Allen, I know Pops is out for a while. And he was a physical tackler. But tell you what, this Allen kid, he was balling last week against that run game. SEC Defensive Freshman of the Week, Buck. Yeah, he pretty filled impressive. In, filled in nicely. Yeah, that is really, really impressive. So Georgia wants to go in there and get him a win. Biggest key to the game is slowing down that Tennessee run game. And I would say this year I would not be reluctant if I was Schumann, Muschamp, Kirby, to load up the box, man. I mean, load up the box because Milton, he couldn't hit the broad side of a barn. And those receivers are playing in the NFL now. They're no longer wearing the Tennessee uniform. So they've struggled throwing the ball successfully down the field. Georgia with Kamari Lasseter, one of the cornerbacks. You got Bullard, got Starks. You got some players in that secondary. I believe that is the strength of this Georgia defense. I think it's time to load up the box to stop the run game. And if Milton wants to throw it around a little bit, sack his butt back there. Man, Tennessee, uh, their fan base, I've already gotten a little touch of this. They are screaming and hollering for Heupel to bench Joe Milton. 
and go with this kid, Nico, this five-star kid that's making a killing in the NIL. He's over there counting his money on the sideline. I don't think he's ready yet, but the Tennessee fans are they're wanting the Heupel to pull the trigger on Milton and go with Nico. Let's bounce around the college football scene, man. We got a lot going on. That Georgia-Georgia Tech game has been set, a night game at Bobby Dodd. 7.30, toe meets leather. It's going to be on ABC. Now, normally they broadcast that game. They put it at high noon. Not this year, buddy. It's in prime time. ABC wants a piece of that number one team in college football, and that's the Georgia Bulldogs. Now, Roadhog was ticked when he saw that game time come down. Roadhog, why were you so mad about that? Kick off I like at getting the day over with at noon. It, it's usually over by the end of the first quarter as well. The game is, at least. And, you know, you just kind of enjoy the rest of your day. There's no more stress. There's no more... You can watch other games, that night game, the 3.30 game. Yeah. I don't know. All right, I get you. I get you. Speaking of the dogs, that Alabama-Georgia SEC championship game betting line has been set. Have you seen this? Georgia, a three-point favorite over Alabama. Does that sound about right, DT? Sounds about right to me. I guess three or four, three to four points, yeah. All right, as you know, you may have heard me say my daughter is a sophomore at Mississippi State. She was on the show recently, and, boy, the ratings went up when she was on the show. I'm going to have to do more of this. So I'm plugged in with this coaching search at Mississippi State. I've got some sources out in Stark Patch, Stark Vegas, and I was checking in with them last night. This idea that Dan Mullen is going to return is... That would be the last available option for Mississippi State. (laughs) Chances are Mullen's not coming back. He's going to stay right where he is. He's having too much fun trashing the Bulldogs every week on television. Yeah, they they actually don't go to him much when the Bulldogs (laughs) come up on the screen. Mullen at ESPN as a college football insider. I don't think he's going back. I heard the, the locker room show mention Rhett Lashley who's at SMU right now, former Auburn offensive coordinator. He was a quarterback at Arkansas back in the day, a GA at Auburn. Rose under Malzahn uh, as their offensive coordinator, doing a great job at SMU. But I don't think he's the leading candidate because my connections out of Starkville are telling me the the top target for athletic director uh, Zach Selman is Jeff Levy, and he is the Oklahoma offensive coordinator. And when you connect the dots, this makes a lot of sense because Selman, the new AD at Mississippi State, he's got an Oklahoma background. He is the son and nephew of the Selman brothers who dominated with Oklahoma in the 70s. Leroy Selman and Dewey Selman, they played together, and there was nobody, maybe Nebraska, that scored touchdowns on Oklahoma when the uh, when the Selman brothers were playing. Well, he's the son and the nephew, and he was a working in the athletic department there at Oklahoma. Selman actually played uh, football at Wake Forest. He was a tight end, and so when you connect the dots, let's see, Selman, Oklahoma, 
Uh, Jeff Levy, Oklahoma. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, this makes sense. And Levy, the uh, former Lane Kiffin offensive coordinator at Ole Miss, he spent two seasons at UCF under Heupel. And this guy's all about offense, former Oklahoma offensive lineman. So I would say uh, keep an eye on Levy. He looks like the uh, top candidate to me. College football playoff committee ranking drops. Uh, committee ranking number three drops tonight. And in this part of the country, we are waiting on these knuckleheads on the committee to come forward with Georgia, the number one team in college football. So a little after 738 o'clock tonight, you'll figure that out. And I mentioned Georgia Tech a moment ago. Georgia Tech is in a must-win situation Saturday against Syracuse. Prior to the season, Coach Key mentioned their goal was to become bowl eligible this season, which is a remarkable improvement from where they've been under Collins. They're going to have to beat Syracuse Saturday to reach that goal. I just don't think they have a shot to beat Georgia in the finale, I'm just saying. So they better win on Saturday. Alabama this weekend, they, they are in this two-week preparation, uh, preparation for their annual war against Auburn. Uh, Alabama plays Chattanooga on Saturday. So you see a lot of the backups playing in that one as they get ready for the Auburn game. Uh, Florida and Missouri uh, tee it up in Columbia, Missouri. 7.30 kickoff in that one, Missouri, an 11-point favorite over the Gators, who have lost three in a row. And tell you what, this is a game that, that uh, if you look at this matchup, you think, okay, the SEC gauntlet is real. And it continues for both teams. I mean, you had Florida playing LSU and Baton Rouge last week, and now they got to go to Missouri and uh, play the Tigers. Uh, talk about a gauntlet. And Missouri uh, recently played the Dogs uh, and the Vols, and now you got the Gators. No letdowns, brother. You get beat in the SEC. Uh, LSU playing host to Georgia State this Saturday. I feel bad for the Panthers and Sean Elliott, the head coach. They got to slow down Jaden Daniels in this Heisman run that he's on. Panthers have really struggled stopping the run game this season, ranked 59th in college football, over four yards a carry and 150 yards a game. They're going to have a hard time against Jaden Daniels this Saturday. Under the lights in Death Valley. Good luck with that. Kentucky and South Carolina and Columbia, South Carolina, 7.30 kickoff in that one as the Wildcats and Gamecocks play for fourth place in the SEC East. Folks, it's tough sledding in the SEC. is survival. You got to bring it weekly or you're playing for fourth place. And there's some college football for you. Matt, I've been looking forward to this, hanging out with Bulldog offensive lineman Dylan Fairchild. We'll do that in the Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Balloon. 25, 20, 45, 15, 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! 
Bulldog Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Georgia Pack and Load, Finley Roofing, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Joining me now on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line, Bulldog offensive lineman Dylan Fairchild, pride of West Forsyth High School. Dylan, let me get started. I've been wanting to ask you about how wrestling in high school helped your offensive line play coming into college. Um, the first thing I would probably say is, you know, the mindset of, of just being a wrestler is the main thing that's helped me. But when it comes to specifically playing in the trenches, I would say the hand fighting for sure. I mean, just being comfortable fighting with my hands has been a huge part of, you know, being an offensive lineman. And I think wrestling has a lot to do with that. So you must be proud of the way this offensive line is performing. Gosh, I couple of injuries uh, have happened. Uh, you, you guys are going seven or eight deep into this offensive line rotation. Yes, sir. Uh, it, from where I'm sitting, it looks like you guys are uh, have uh, played extremely well this season. Uh, well, what do you what do you respect about the job Stacy Searles is doing as the O line coach? Yeah, I mean it's you know it's not it's it's pretty rare you know for for offensive linemen to have you know super deep rotations like that you know it's something that I haven't really seen in previous years and I think that he just has done a great job of helping us play as a unit you know helping us play for each other and just keeping us connected through everything you know through all the injuries and through all the you know uncertainty so he's done a great job with that. And I really love the balance offensively. You guys, this past Saturday against Ole Miss, you ran for 300. You passed for 300. Balance when you face the top teams in, in college football is a big advantage to have. So your run blocking, your pass blocking, got to be really a versatile offensive lineman to play at, at Georgia right now. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know, there's, like I said, you know, I mean, it's there's some uncertainty you know at, at some positions just because you know we got so many guys that can play wherever you know and so i think you know we've just done a good job of just playing for each other you know and just and doing and just leaning on each other for for advice and and things like that so and you're facing uh, some of the top defensive line groups in college football too is it has it been what you thought it was going to be as far as facing top quality talent week yeah, in and week sure. out Yes, sir. Yeah, I mean it's 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 tough, you know, to to keep moving week to week is is you know the probably the hardest part about it, you know, just playing somebody new every week, trying to study their film, trying to find their tendencies is is tough to do, you know, and to just to keep going on that is 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 for sure tough. And I knew it would be, you know, I mean I knew, you know, that's that's why you go to the SEC, you know. And you guys have done a great job protecting Carson Beck, eight eight sacks, and uh, I believe. 320 attempts in 10 games, so I can do that math. I mean, we're talking about a sack every 32 attempts. That is that is really impressive, uh, the pocket you're creating for Carson Beck. Uh, what, do you, what do you think about the way he's been playing? Oh, I think he's been playing amazing. I mean, he's done a great job of just being resilient. You know, I think he embodies our whole team's mentality, you know, with just showing up every day with that resiliency factor that, you know, just never being stunned, never being wobbled. So he's done a great job of just showing up every day and being the same guy, being resilient, you know, and consistent with what he does. Observing from afar, it, it looks like he's got a really good re working relationship with you guys up front. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, if, you know, if we're in a tough situation, he'll 
pause before we say a play and just kind of talk to us in the huddle really quick, you know, just giving us words of encouragement. You know, he's done a great job this year of just being that vocal guy too. So, What about the challenge of winning on the road in the SEC? It just doesn't ever seem easy. Uh, this is something you embrace? For sure. Oh, yeah. That's the hardest part about it, you know, is winning on the road in the SEC. It's It's a tough thing to do, and, you know, that's, you know, we take pride in just trying to prepare for that. You've been around a little bit now. You've seen some of these other fan bases. What well, what do you think of this Georgia fan base and the way they bring it every week? I love it. I love it. I love seeing it on college game day and stuff like that. It's just, it's fun. You know, it's fun just walking out there every single day, every game on a home game, having a dog walk. It's just, there's nothing like it. Feeling good moving forward about where this team's at right now. Uh, looks like offensively, you know, with the injuries that you guys had, Really, with uh, Brock back and Ladd back, and you got Mims back and Milton playing at a high level, uh, it looks like this offense is starting to hit its stride. Yes, sir. Just got to keep it going. You know, keep the train rolling and keep preparing how we do and and uh, just keep moving on week after week. Dylan, keep up the great work. We appreciate spending some time with you today. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate uh, Dylan Fairchild taking time out to <clears throat> be on the Buck Police Show here on The Fan. And I want to encourage you to stick around for uh, Nick and Chris are coming up next after I sign off. And they've got this business of sports segment each week, and it's presented by Southern Company. Folks, if it's impacting business in Atlanta and the local sports scene, then they've got it covered. That's the business of sports presented by Southern Company, building the future of energy for all the customers and communities they are privileged to serve. And what... uh, We are promoting Nick and Chris on this show, too. We like to spread the love around. Just need them to return the favor. Shut up! All right, coming up on the other side, man, I got some Braves thoughts I want to pass along. Is it true? Could we be close to bringing in the GOAT to join our team? We'll talk about it next. You got the Blue Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words, it's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash john. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season. Six eighty and ninety three seven, keeping it real. Ten to eleven, doing it the best we can, and boycotting the Falcons for the rest of the show. We did mention them earlier, but uh, sort of a Falcons free zone with them taking the week off, which allows us to talk Braves. Look, I get forty two minutes. It's not like I sit around for three four hours with the opportunity to uh, hit everything. 
even like birthdays, uh, net wealth, you know, things. We just don't have time for that kind of stuff around here. But uh, making room for the Atlanta Braves, who uh, seems like <clears throat> stepped in the coffee shop for a moment today on the way out of uh, I knew the traffic would be bad on 400 South, so I couldn't stay very long. Just got a coffee to go. And everybody in there, the boys were talking about Shohei Otani, baby. They saw this news where the uh, the Braves, Otani, might be able to strike a deal, which I just roll my eyes at, by the way. Otani is interested reportedly in joining a competitive team. Hey, the Braves certainly fit that mold. Now, I'm sure the Braves would love to have Otani on the team if it wasn't for the fact that he's going to be asking for reportedly $500 million. And call me naive if you want, but I don't believe the Braves have ever paid a player more than $23 million a season. Pay that man his money. And so I'm a little blown away with the number of people that are all excited about this happening because it might take $50 million a year to get Otani in here. Braves have never paid more than 23 What makes you believe that they're going to double that just to get Otani in here, who won't pitch in 2024? He will be just a hitter, a DH. Sorry, Ozuna. I would prefer to bring in Aaron Nola, Sonny Gray. I mean, you could probably get them for 20 to 23 million a year. That makes more sense to me than breaking the bank and bringing Otani in here, who's had his second Tommy John surgery. Now, I know it's fun to talk about. But come on, man, you don't really expect this to happen, do you? That sounds a little bit crazy to me. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia green since 1955. Uh, 3-0 on the picks again this past weekend. 6-0 in the last two weeks. Had Alabama minus the 11 against Kentucky and Lexington, that was no problem. Georgia gave up the 10 and a half against Ole Miss, no problema. They blew the doors off Ole Miss over at Sanford Stadium and took the 49ers minus the three. So now I'm 17, 12, and one against the spread. And again, we're doing games of interest. We're not doing like the over and under on San Jose State and Central Michigan. We're doing ga legitimate matchups we're doing on this show. So feeling pretty good about that. And uh, feeling good about my former partner, John Kincaid, has whipped cancer again. He's way too tough to let cancer take him down. Kincaid now 3-0 and against cancer. Out of way, Johnny. Good news there. All right, that's going to do it for my show. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you'll be back tomorrow. We'll do it again, 10 to 11, Monday through Friday on the Fan. It's the Buck Blue Show. we got Nick and Chris coming up next. Stay tuned for the boys there. Thank you, Buck. This morning in North Carolina, 
Wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.